Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kim Hickey, and I am super excited, as always, for my guests today, because I get to pick them. So I pick on people that I like and want to hear from. So it's kind of a cool thing when it's when it's your gig. So Joining me today is Mr. Chris Messer, and he has a new job title that is pretty darn awesome. He is the vice president and group publisher of Endeavor Business Media. So that is a mouthful, Chris. Want to explain (laughs) to our listeners what that means and what that does? Well, uh, first off, Kim, I want to say thank you for having me on uh, on the podcast here today. It's always a pleasure to engage with you, and I look forward to hopefully seeing you at an industry event very soon. Um, but in the meantime, the, the video piece will have to do here. So, yeah, vice president and group publisher, I guess the easiest way to explain it, uh, or what I tell my friends is I spend about half of my time starting fires and about half of my time putting out fires. Um, there's well, at least a lot you have more balance, to... right? You have some balance. So that's always important. And, and job security, right? <laughs> you know, there's always a fire, it seems. Um, no, I, I kid and all, all joking aside. Um, so a, a little backstory here, and I'm sure we'll get talk about this more, but, but 10 Missions Media was a previous company that I was with, um, was with for about 15 and a half years. And really, my job is is the same. 10 Missions Media was acquired on June 2nd by Endeavor Business Media. Um, if you're not familiar with Endeavor Business Media, they we are, they are, we are the we. Uh, largest business-to-business publishing company in North America. We publish magazines, websites, we have trade shows and events, and all litany of different products and services and across many different markets and verticals. Um, such as automotive, where you and I live and breathe and reside, but also oil and gas, energy, buildings, dental, um, the list goes on and on and on. So my role, uh, although title has changed a little bit and the company name has certainly changed through this acquisition, my role remains much of the same. I act as the publisher over Fender Bender, Ratchet and Wrench, National Oil and Lube News, uh, Adapt Automotive, Milwaukee Magazine, which is a publication we we run for the Midwest Auto Care Alliance, and also oversee our event business. And then indirectly, I also oversee Modern Tire Dealer, uh, which is a, a community of tire tire shops and tire brands that have been around for over 100 years. 
as well as auto service professional, which is our, our technical branch or technical brand. So those are all the, the, what we call legacy brands that came over from 10 missions media into the new ethos of Endeavor business media. Well, that certainly seems like it would keep you busy for sure. So, so how does somebody know when do they need to reach out and start working with a media company? When, when is somebody big enough or when do they know that, hey, I need to branch out and work with somebody? Well, that, that's an interesting question in a, in a place to begin. Um, so from a marketing perspective, you know, which is, which are vendors that serve the industry, whether they're software vendors, whether they're consulting and management companies or paint vendors, equipment tools. I mean, they all, they all come in very different shapes and sizes. They have very different initiatives and growth trajectories. Um, but here we work with companies of all shapes and sizes, Fortune 500 companies, right down to small mom and pop startups. Um, and our goal ultimately is to help them make make them more successful, reach and exceed their initiatives or objectives, ideally grow sales, of course, um, of whatever product or service that they're selling. So it's a, it's a little bit of a loaded question because when is somebody ready to scale and start to do some marketing activities? It really depends on what your objectives are, um, what kind of budget you're working with and, and what type of opportunity or runway is in front of you. Uh, but once again, we work with companies from Fortune 500 right down to small startup companies, whether they're privately independently held or have some capital funding behind them. What would you say to our listeners? Because so many times when people get busy at any business, doesn't matter what industry, they get busy, they take their foot off the gas on their marketing efforts and then, oh, it slows down. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I have to do marketing now. We're dead. I got to start doing this. And then they get busy again and then they stop doing it. And it's it's a, a roller coaster and a yo-yo that I watch with so many businesses and it makes me insane. What do you have to tell them that they don't listen to me to say, stop doing that? <laughs> what the heck? Why, why should they continue marketing? And can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, First off, the, there's never a bad time to market your business. But the worst time to market your business is when you're in desperate need of customers at that very moment. You're already behind the eight ball. You need to be out in front of these items. So, you know, there are countless studies. And, and I know for some of your listeners, let's say at like the shop level, this may be hard to exactly relate to you, but you look at countless studies out there. One big one was Coca-Cola long ago. And what they did to really catapult themselves and their brand um, during the recession period, above and beyond Pepsi Company or Pepsi Cola Company, Coca Cola never stopped advertising. They never stopped. So I, I need to stop you and ask: Are you a Coke or Pepsi? Oh, I. To be <laughs> honest with you, I'm I'm water, beer, whiskey, and uh, and uh, coffee, and that's really it. Now, once in a while, I'll I'll put a little Coke in my whiskey, but um, little Jack not a lot and of soda in, not okay. a lot of soda in my diet. But I love Coca-Cola's marketing. You know, it's the reason every truck is painted red. It's the reason that there's there's nobody that hasn't heard of Coca-Cola on this entire, virtually this entire planet. Um, and that is due to the marketing efforts they have. So they've been able to continue to grow, continue to develop new products and bring those to market. And what they're selling is simple. It's a simple beverage. 
I know for some of our, you know, like shop owner audience, it can be kind of a, an interesting comparison to their local shop, small community, billions of dollar company versus a shop that might be doing a couple hundred thousand or maybe a few million dollars annually. Uh, but the same principles apply. You need to be marketing not only when you're when you're you need the business, but before you need that business and consistently through. And you need to measure what works, what doesn't, and you need to focus on those things that work and don't be afraid to try new things. Love it, love it. What about overlap? So many times we see in when we're going through expenses or helping people sort things on, especially when they come on new to us, they have so much marketing efforts that that overlap and they they don't know what any of them are doing. And it's like four different companies are sending, you know, please give a Google review or follow up or whatever and coupons and holy cow, there's, it's like, sometimes they just throw spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks. Right. And they, they, there, it's not possible to measure it because there's so much going on. And it's like, when you ask them, what's your return on investment on this? Well, I'm not really sure. Well, who handles this piece? Well, you know, so-and-so handles the incoming calls, but the other place handles outcoming calls and this person, and it's like, holy cow, how could you possibly track that? Can you talk about that a little bit and the importance of understanding <laughs> your return on investment and the, you know, not having all that overlap? Yeah, of course. So first off, there's got to be an ROI on what you do. I mean, there's no purpose in investing if you're not going to see a return on that. And some returns can be immediate and tracked and some returns can be long tail and, and aren't really trackable. An old adage comes to my mind here when we talk about this, and that is, I know that 50% of my marketing works. I just don't know which 50%. Um, <laughs> That is an old adage. That's changed through time here, right, Kim? I mean, we have tools at our disposal that help to elicit where that where that return is coming from. You should be able to measure most of the activities that you do. Maybe not all of them. It's tough to tough to manage if you're going to sponsor the little league, you know, stadium right. and put a banner in the in the outfield. But when we look at some of the really the key things that shops might be doing to market, such as Google, pay-per-click, review management, reputation management, a, a whole litany of things, most of the vendors out there offer good reporting tools. It doesn't mean that there's no onus at the shop level to help to track and manage that, but there's certainly some reporting tools and metrics that are involved in there. So, so you challenge your vendors. Um, and it's no different than our environment when we're working with, again, Fortune 500 companies or startup companies, there are, there are certain things that we can provide very clear, linear sh uh, sh proof of return of investment. There are other things that are more institutional in nature, are very, very important, are going to help to get that message out and carry that message. But we as a publishing company can't actually track that for you. It's up to the customer to go ahead and track that. And it can be very difficult at times. I know when we get a lead, you know, a new vendor pops into the market and they want to request advertising information. My first question should be, how did you hear about us? But that's not my first question. My first question is, how can I help you? What are your goals? Like, what can I do to be of service? And that's probably faux pas on my part because I would love to know where those came from. But I'm, I'm just far more focused on how can we help the customer, which I'm sure a lot of our shops here that are listing and vendors, likewise, they feel the exact same way. 
Excellent point for sure. I think sometimes we lose that people piece of it and we get so robotic with asking those questions. And you can certainly work into the conversation about how did you hear from us after we address what are your needs? What can I do for you? And so I hope everybody heard that part for sure. With you mentioned that you do Fortune 500 companies, you have mom and pop businesses with in the United States, would it, would it consider a small business? How many hundreds of employees is still considered a, a small business in the United States? So there, there's all a big range, right? But I think one of the challenges that I see with quote unquote small businesses is they don't think like a big business. And to get from the small business, they have to think like a big business, right? They have to understand that they're a CEO of their company. They are a CEO and they have to be strategic. They have to make decisions. They have to look long-term and not keep thinking of, oh, I was just a tech now that owns it. Or I heard somebody say something to me yesterday and they're like, well, I don't know. You know, my wife was a hairdresser and I was a tech. And it's like, both of those require intelligence, talent, scheduling, discipline, and and now you're that turned CEO, right? So when they're making decisions about where to spend their money and to get a return on investment and get themselves out there, I don't think a lot of them think, you know, media company, you know, they find somebody that'll handle their Google or they just, you know, smaller things. Can you give a little bit of a description of what a media company can do for someone? Sure, sure. And, and and just to clarify, I mean, we, our audience are, are shop owners, right? We don't necessarily service them by addressing like agency type work to try to help them grow their businesses. However, our customers who advertise on our products are those type of service providers. Right. A lot of people are, are, are the go it at your own type mentality, right? Um, you mentioned the technician or the hairdresser. They're not, they're not marketers but they're grassroots and they get, they get their hands dirty, roll up their sleeves and they figure it out. You plug, you, you really pour your blood, sweat and tears into your own business. Like it's your own, like it's your own business. And those that do that are the most successful. You need to do that. Even if you get to the point where I'm going to mention next, which is finding the companies that can help you take it to that next level. Just because you hire a vendor, whether it be an agency or a marketing partner, um, and I won't mention any names. There are lots of them out there in each of the verticals <laughs> that we serve of automotive. You still need to have that investment. You still need, not, and I'm not talking dollars and cents. You need to be invested with, with it from like a CEO level. You need to have your finger on your pulse. You need to hold vendors accountable. You need to set expectations for them. You need, before you even go into a marketing campaign, setting reasonable expectations and hopefully a stretch goal above and beyond that as well. Um, but some of that, before you even get to that point, you need to understand what your business plan is. There's absolutely no shame in being a smaller shop or a smaller business. You can be a, you know, a two-bay shop doing a half million dollars a year and be profitable. Um, I know ATI's goal here is to grow shops and take them through that stage to grow a much larger business. Um, and a lot of people want that. And there's a lot of people that don't, right? And, and there's, you have to do what works best for you and your family and what your why is and for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, to ATI's point, you help shops go from one shop doing a half a million to five shops doing $10 million. Um, That's a great path for people. 
sometimes it's not the right path. There's everybody thinks that comes with a lot of, you know, luxury, luxury as part of it. It also comes with a lot of headaches, right? Um, and some people are up for that challenge, uh, but there's no shame in either, either direction. If you're happy in what you do, you're providing a great livelihood to your staff and your community and your family, that is a blessing in itself. That's something you should be incredibly proud of. Um, and it's just all about scale and what type of scale do you want your business to be? Thank you for that. What excites you the most about what you do? Uh, the people, uh, pretty, pretty emphatic answer, like this right here, trade shows, events, my people here in the organization. I you love your window. That, I feel like it's, what is that? What channel does it? Uh, the windows on the world in, in Times Square that you can see everything out there. I have yeah. severe ADHD though. And I would be like, okay, let me look what, what's going on. Oh, so flashed by my eye, but it's awesome that you can see that. I'm like, that's cool. I call it the fishbowl. Yes. I, th- I feel like there's more people looking in than me looking <laughs> out though. Cause I'm normally staring here at the screens, but but yeah, to answer your question, it is hands down the people. I work with some of the best people in the industry. 10 Missions Media, we had uh, about 45 total staff members, most of them based here in St. Paul, some out in an office in Akron, Ohio, and a handful scattered throughout the country. Uh, also some contractors and vendors and freelance writers. And you know, Mike Bennett on your team writes for us and works with us. All of those people. And, and when this thing happened, when this acquisition took place, the number one driver for me was making sure that the people get what they need. They get in the right place, square peg, square hole, get the tools, equipment, knowledge, training, whatever they need to be successful. So that that's people here. We had 45 and 10 missions. Now I'm blessed to be part of a team of about 750 people. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and that's got some really good and, and some challenging things with it too, right? Like you can't know 750 people intimately. You can't know their children's names or their dog's names. And, and I really pride myself on, you know, being personal with people, getting to know people and connecting. Uh, but outside of our own organization here, Kim, I love the vendors we work with. I, I talk to, you know, vendors such as ATI and part of Driven Brands, a, a large entity um, by scale. And I talk with smaller, um, more, you know, blue collar type vendors that might be out there, parts stores and dealers and, and so on. And I, I like them all. I like the breadth of people that I work with too. I could be sitting in a boardroom one day doing an executive pitch and got the suit on and all that. And then the next day I can be fishing on a bass boat with cut off jean shorts, talking shop and drinking uh, PBR tall boys with the, with the blue collar folks. And then to the shop level, most of the people that I work with on the shop level are, they're, they're just grassroots entrepreneurs starting their businesses and growing their businesses. And I've got a ton, uh, so much respect for those people. Um, and there are hundreds of thousands of people in our audience that are just like that. I just like the people. And then there's all the other ancillary, you know, the associations, the allied members, everything else. It's the people. we got a lot of great people in this automotive industry. One of the things that really stands out about you, I think, in the industry is your attention to detail and people. And I've watched you at different events and you're very attentive and you make sure you stop when you see somebody. You don't just walk by and go, hey, you know, you stop, you ask how they are, you look in their eyes, you have a conversation and you're there with them in the moment. And that's pretty challenging when you're putting on a big event and you have 
8,000 things going through your head and there's a deadline and you know, you have to, to do. So do you have any tricks for people for how do you stay in that zone or in the moment and really make each person feel special, regardless of what's on going on around you? So first off, thank you for the compliment. I don't know that I'm deserving of that because I, th- I think that there are so many distractions and it's hard and we're all moving fast, but I appreciate you mentioning that it is, it's truly meaningful to me. I'll tell a quick story of a, a customer and uh, who we've been doing business together for 15, 16 years. Uh, his name is Robbie Jackson. He used to run a, a dealership down in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a Chrysler dealership. And Robbie and I, he big wholesale parts seller, collision parts for Chrysler brands, Mopar parts, right? And uh, he's since moved on and, and gone elsewhere. We still stay in contact. But I'll tell you what, Robbie Jackson is the hardest guy to get a hold of. Here's the reason why he's always with other people and he doesn't look at his cell phone or allow outside distractions when he's with those people. He's intentive. He's attentive to those people. He's in the moment. He's not, you know, living in the past. And what do they say? If you're living in the, if you're living in the past, you're depressed. If you're living in the future, you're anxious. And if you're living in the present, you're, you can be happy. Um, Robbie's always right there, which sometimes can be frustrating as heck because you won't hear from him for two weeks. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've been out to dinner with him a number of times and you won't see him check his cell phone. You won't, you won't see him divert attention elsewhere. And it, it took me a couple of times to really realize it, but it was something that was very powerful uh, to me and something that I tried to pick up. So I think I'm super guilty of it. I'm always phone. I mean, I got four screens here as we look right now. But I've tried to close down all my windows. I'm 100% focused here on our conversation, Kim. And that's my biggest trick. And, and then the other side is you have to care. You have to give a hoot, right? And uh, if you don't, if it's disingenuous, if you're being disingenuous, people know that. People can see through that. And so just don't do that. Be genuine, whatever that might mean to whatever scale or capacity that you are comfortable with. Just be genuine. Somebody, you mentioned about some of your staff and the different people that you have on your team and freelance writers. How would someone go about becoming if they were like, hey, I listened to this today and I think I would like to take a crack at being a freelance writer. What 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 advice do you have for them? What's their first step? Oh, boy, don't do it. Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got to know yourself, right? Writing comes really, really easy for some people. To be honest with you, writing doesn't come the easiest for me. I'm, I'm much better at speaking and engaging than I, if I have to sit down and, and write an essay or write a business report, I can do it, but it's almost like, it's just challenging for me. It can be nerve wracking at times and I'll even delay doing it um, because it's not something that I enjoy as much, but I get it done because it's what you need to get done. So know yourself. We actually have some writers that aren't good at writing. We actually work with them and do like transcriptions of interviews. And we have a professionally trained team of journalists. I think across the company in Endeavor, there's about 160 journalists. They, they for the most part, all went to, to journalism school. Uh, they're fluent in, in writing and AP style, everything else. So some of those, we, we actually do ghostwriting work four. Um, some of them are submitted content pieces. Um, most all of them need to be cleaned up and punctuation, spelling, grammar, um, because we work with a lot of like shop owners, you know, Mike Bennett, who's an ATI coach and consultant. He's also 
He's also a shop owner and he's not yeah, a professionally trained writer. He's a heck of a sharp guy, but um, we always take what he submits and, and have to clean it up. And uh, I call that judging. Little... They make fun of me. You got to judge it up a little bit when you get. <laughs> I thought you said judging. I'm like, no, oh, judging. Judge. No, you got to judge it up Jujing. a little bit. A lot of the time that you, when you see the. <laughs> I like it. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So if they, if they, what about if they wanted to be featured? Because that's something I hear from people. They're like, gosh, they had this shop in there, there and different magazines, not just you were, and they're like, oh, my shop is better than that shop. And they did a story on them. What for those people out there of the, the, uh, oh, why is it my shop in there? They, is there, is there a process for reaching out or how do you find the subjects of the articles for the magazines? Absolutely. So, you know, there's no secret sauce to that. It is, it comes down at the end of the day to, again, we have writers, we have journalists and they, they go out and find a story. We have a concept, an idea, kind of a storyboard for a story that we want to put together in a future issue. And some I want to, I want to just throw out there. So our audience is aware we're already creating and curating content for our like October, November, December issues of the magazines. Um, things for, I mean, August is long gone at this point. We're what, July 9th here today. It's written, edited, it's being flowed into the books and we sent to the printers here very soon. Um, news and online trending content is obviously different, um, but more long form evergreen journalism pieces that we do, those are typically written months and months ahead. We, we go out and we find the story. We have a concept. We talk with vendors in the industry. We talk and network with other shop operators. We use we use forums that we, you know, pay close, acute attention to, um, and we look for for sources and that and subject matters that can weigh in on those things. And we have a wide network of people that we work with. But we're, with that being said, we're always, always, always open to new subjects, to story pitches, to new concepts, um, and just a general feedback as a whole. So if you receive any of our magazines, um, whether it's those that I mentioned earlier, Fender Bender, Ratchet Wrench, Modern Tire Dealer, National Oil Lube News, Milwaukee, the list goes on and on. Uh, there's always the mention in the, in the magazine and what's called the masthead where all the contact information is on ways that you can reach out and get directly in contact with me with our editorial team. This information is also present on our websites like ratchetwrench.com or fenderbender.com. Um, and same goes with with our sister properties at Endeavor, um, which we haven't talked a lot about, which include Motor Age, Professional Tool and Equipment News, um, Aftermarket Business World, uh, Professional Distributor, and also like the Motor Age Training Group. And we have a new event, uh, Accelerate, that's run by the Motor Age Training Group coming in October. They have the same contact information there. We'd all love to hear from you. Uh, whether we hit something on the mark or we're way off mark, we want that feedback because it's how we improve. But we also want to share your story. If there's something great to tell there, please, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. I think a lot of people too, you have like two sides. I hear them, you know, the ones that say, uh, oh, I saw that shop and they're doing this and I'm doing that 10 times better. Why don't they call me? So it's like, well, where would they see you? What are you doing that, you know, somebody would know. And then we also have the shops that I talked to that are amazing and do wonderful things for their internal customers or external customers, a community, and just brilliant people that do incredible things. And they don't want to brag about themselves. And it's like, why don't you call in 
you know, you could inspire someone else and they're like, oh, I just, you know, we're, we're kind of humble people. And so it's, it's kind of interesting. There doesn't seem to be a middle. It's like they either don't want to brag about themselves or they're like, hey, I'm 10 times better than that person. Why aren't I either? But all of you need to reach out, right? Because there might be something, because if they do something incredible that could benefit tons of businesses by learning from that experience, you might not see it on a forum or a Facebook group that you're combing through if, if, if it doesn't grab your attention. Well, I so appreciate your time today. And, and especially since we had this schedule for last week and then my internet went away. Oh, that's okay. We, we have fun either way. It's not an inconvenience, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on today and I appreciate your listeners, you know, who also double as our, our audience and some of our vendors and customers here. And I actually want to just use that term for a second in my world. You know, a lot of people think of customers as the people that keep the lights on, the people that put food on the table. Um, but my definition of customer is a little bit different for what we we produce here. Um, yes, we have our vendors like Valued ATI that that pay and advertise, and we appreciate that. But also, some of your audience includes just the shop owners, the business owners, and ATI members. You they pay with their their readership, their time, which is a, the most precious resource of any. So going back to a previous comment that I made, we always want to hear back from you. Uh, we appreciate you being a customer and spending time reading any of our properties, um, staying engaged, coming to our events. And uh, anytime you have some feedback, you can feel free to reach out directly to me, to our content team. Uh, we'll always have an open door and, and be available for to, to chat through things. So thank you, Kim. That's amazing. And I'll have, as always, all your links in the comments. So they'll be able to check that out. And again, Thank you so much for your time because I know your plate is very full, especially and congratulations on your new position. It's well-deserved and thank you. A lot, lot, lot of changes, a lot of amazing things. So everybody, I will be back next week. Stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can. 